Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Good morning, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Hope everyone's doing well and had a good Memorial Day weekend. That's in the States. Doesn't apply elsewhere, of course. Anyway, today, happy to have... Uh, Mustafa Amar uh, here with me. My first question to him, where is he right now? Because he travels extensively and profile said New York, but he's in Italy right now. But, but anyway, he is a career shapeshifter, helps other people move, on, move along in life and do better for themselves. And he's had various responsibilities in life, too numerous to mention. Um, my question is, how does he manage that? But anyway, how are you doing, Mustafa? Hi, Martin. Nice speaking to you. I'm very well. How about you? All right. All good. Now, first question I have, Mustafa, includes me a little bit. Now, you're originally from Egypt, right? Yes. Yes. Are you from the chaotic city of Cairo? Um, I am from uh, Cairo, uh, one of the biggest cities in the world and most chaotic as well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's not more chaotic than Manila, I'm sure. But it's um, the reason I ask that is I'm going to be in your great country at the end of July. And uh, yeah, and I I went there once before to Cairo, but it was during the first Gulf crisis. But that's a long time ago. It shows I'm old myself. I always wanted to go back to Cairo. My my wife has never seen the pyramids, so she wanted to go back. I said, all right, well, let's stay right there. So you're probably familiar with this place, the Mina House Resort. Yeah, it's very close to the pyramids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, well, that's really that's nice. that's where we're staying, and um, so we should be right there. Get out of the resort and just walk around there. So looking forward to it. Eh, lot to do. That's be uh, uh, very historical as well, because a lot of uh, historical events happened there. You know, the negotiations even between Egypt and Israel for the peace treaty was there so it's a big place really enjoy the history around it as well <laughs> okay well we're, we're looking forward to it and um, even though we'll go down the the market area i just remember Mustafa, last first time i was there is back in 1990 80, 89 or something like that i don't know um i could say i was four years old when i went there but i would be lying <laughs> i'm a bit older than that uh, but i do remember uh staying in the city and getting a taxi out to uh, the pyramids and the taxi yeah. driver was unbelievable because it's the only time i've been in a taxi where we overtook an ambulance with red lights flashing uh, uh, it happens <laughs> <laughs> it happens eh? uh, yeah anyway it was, it was great looking forward to going back there now mustafa you you've had various responsibilities in life and uh, currently uh you are a well i don't know about currently it's hard to figure out here but a, a shapeshifter who actually, um, you're an author, 
and a startup founder of a company, diplomat, investment in bank, et cetera, et cetera. What is a career shape shifter? What does it do? It's a great question to start with. Uh, in mythology, a shapeshifter is a being that is able to change its form in many different ways. And uh, in fantasy, it's always you know connected to being immortal. Uh, it's it's a it's a creature that could have a lot of fun changing its form in many different ways. Also, sometimes it's connected to magic. You know, magic happens. If we apply this to our life, our career, a career shapeshifter who's somebody who's able to change his or her identity, form across different uh, careers, jobs, um, building more skills. And it's again connected to the idea of being immortal in terms of uh, managing your, you know, your career. So uh, there is a very interesting saying over specialization is uh, connected or lead to extinction, while on the other side, a career shapeshifter will be immortal. You know, you can be able to reinvent yourself in many different ways. Yeah, I think that, that, that's just a true statement. I think we can all reinvent ourselves. If someone's going down a bad road, they can always change if they want to, right? They put in the effort. Exactly. And um, I've said that to a few people myself, you know, if, okay, you're going through a bad time, but you can change it if you put your mind to it, yes. uh, which is a good thing. Now, that, that's a good thing you're doing, by the way. Now, you've, you've lived in a, a few countries based on your work. And when you say, how many countries did you say you lived in? Uh, 12, 13. Uh, I, I started moving out. Like, I never lived long in Egypt or in Cairo. Uh, and I started moving out with my parents since I was one year old. So uh, my dad used to travel around. He's the working government. Um, and I, I just kept traveling with him to different countries. And then I... I worked a bit as a pharmacist in the beginning of my career, then I became a diplomat, and then I started traveling again, which was always a passion for me. So I kept traveling. Um, uh, probably the country that I lived the longest is China. I lived in China for 10 years. Uh, I never lived in Egypt for 10 years. Ten, whereabouts in China? In Beijing. Uh, Beijing, oh, okay, got it, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a cool place uh, to go. Um, I don't know if it's changed recently, but uh, that that's cool. You know, when you go to all these countries, I don't know, because a lot of them, you have work permits and all that stuff. Did you go throughout that process, or how long did you stay typically in a place? I had to, but let's say the first part of my life, I was traveling with my parents. That was a bit easier. That was the job, yeah. you know, work that my dad used to do for us. Uh, so we went to several countries in the Middle East, uh, yeah. from Jordan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, also Israel, Palestine, a bit of in Africa, yeah. countries like Zanzibar and, and Uganda and others. Yeah. Um, then also your life is is easier because uh, all those documents and papers can you know um, you know officially you know can be handled. Yeah, I, I work in New York in the UN in Africa and Malawi, in China. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of an easy journey for me as a diplomat. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about, because you were in Malawi, and there's yes. people who, who think, I was in N Namibia last year, and I, I told people I was going to M Namibia, and they said, where's that? 
because it's, it's not you know it's not one of the the, the names people are aware of in the countries in Africa, but Malawi is is not a, a country too familiar with. Um, what, what's the actual location yeah. of Malawi in the continent of Africa? Malawi is in the southern region of or southern part of Africa. Uh, uh, so northeast is Tanzania. Um, uh, then you have north uh, so southeast. Uh, you have uh, Mozambique. Yep. Uh, you have Zimbabwe and Zambia to the south, uh, Congo not far from, so it's somewhere close to the it's, south. it's right, sort of central, is it? Yes, and it's landlocked, so it's a, it's a small country in terms of size compared to the neighboring yeah. countries. But it has, like, the, the data that I had until 2008, for example, is that it has 14 million people, which is the same... Uh, a number of people or population in Zambia, which was much bigger in, yeah. in, in place. Interesting. How long were you there for, by the way? Two years. Oh, Two that, years. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so you, must, you must have seen a lot. It, 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 yeah, it just... I've seen a lot. I've seen the, the ups and sides, the, the, the dark sides of it, uh, the good sides of it. Like in brief, Malawi is one of the most beautiful countries in the world, and uh, weather conditions are one of the most optimal. It's it's, ne it's never too hot, it's never too cold. Yeah. In winter time, to the surprise of many people, it can go down to uh, four or five degrees. Uh, um, you know, it can go down to freezing, but mm -hmm. not not freezing. And uh, but most of the year is is really uh, really good. Okay. Yeah, I, t I tell you what, did, when, when we spent time in Africa, when, when I came back, it all that, that that experience stays with me because I always look back on it and thought how fantastic yes. that was, you know. Yes. And uh, yes. it, it, <laughs> one aspect of it is uh, if you allow yourself to communicate with locals, I think it's one of the most insightful experiences because people are open to talk more to yes. you as as a. I lived for three years in Zanzibar, and I still go uh, every year or two back there. And one of the main reasons why I'm going there is just because I could have um, dozens of conversations, random conversation every single day with locals. And the amount of fun that you could have, you know, the amount of just enjoying, you know, a conversation, talking about anything in life and laughing is immense. So I just go back, I spend a couple of weeks just talking to random locals every single day by the mm -hmm. beach. It's yeah. amazing. And that and that's Zanzibar, you see? That's Zanzibar. Yeah, exactly. yeah, because yeah. we were scheduled to go there this year, but the, the, the trip is too much for the wife. Oh, but uh, but I understand the beaches are, back beaches are unbelievable there, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a must-see place. People there are, it's another level of kindness, of openness, oh, really? you know, and I would humbly advise you when you go there, like give yourself a couple of hours every day to just talk to random people locally, and you will see the the difference. Yeah, yeah, I have to get there back there one day. Oh <laughs> boy, hey boy! Uh, but when you're in China, and also I think uh, the United Arab Emirates—I don't know if that was uh, Dubai—but yes. you were there as a, a diplomat, right? Yeah, in China I was uh, as a diplomat. In 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 UAE uh, before that I was a pharmacist. It's been a couple of times. Then I kept going back because Dubai uh, is not that far from Egypt, or is not far from any business you want to do. So yeah. always. A All right. Well, all right. Excellent. Um, well, 
what years were you in Beijing, China, by the way? Just curious. 2010 to 2020, so 10 years. 10 years. Oh, but that was recently, right? Fairly recently. Yes, yes. So until the pandemic. Uh, I I spent a month uh, during the pandemic because of several reasons. I had to, my family were in London. Um, Normally, you spend the first couple of of weeks in the every year because it's Chinese New Year, you spend it home. And then this is when the pandemic, you know, started in China. Yeah. And I had to give you some time. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to China, sell my stuff, my car, my, you know, everything. And I'm going to go back uh, to London, spend uh, the whole year with my family because it was, wasn't was an easy year. <laughs> oh, my word. You know, it's, um, but, but today you, you, you seem to be a, a jack. Are you a diplomat now, by the way, or not? Or is that done no, by the way? I, I resigned from diplomacy uh, and banking in the same month in 2020, uh, just to start my own business. And I thought that at that point I was on leave from uh, foreign service to work in yeah. banking, and I thought I the only way is to be free. So I, I left both, uh, and I started my own business since then. Okay, now if if I told everyone now throw a spanner in the works, that's what we were saying in England. You're doing what you're doing. You were also a pharmacist at one time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you got a, uh, a a degree in uh, pharmaceutical sciences. It seemed like a weird mix, but that's that's a beauty <laughs> because. <laughs> and this is classic because you 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 change your career. I'm you've changed it more than once, and you've done yes. well at it. And I think you're yes. saying, well, if I can do it, you can do it, right? So it doesn't <laughs> matter what you're doing. 30 years ago, it could be something completely different. You can change and learn uh, learn another skill set, right? Exactly. And as you said it, and I always say it to everybody I talk to, if I could do it, you can do it. Because I grew up as a very, very introverted, shy kid. Um, also, the fact that I was traveling with my parents, uh, you are always put in a – you learn a lot about other cultures, but always you have this protected shell. Because sometimes, you know, you go spend a year somewhere, a couple of months, and then your parents are protected. They don't want to, you know, to be in touch with. Yeah, there are a lot of those reasons. So I grew up as a very shy kid. Um, but also had my own dreams. Um, like having seen my dad traveling a lot, I've seen the potential of traveling. And I've seen, you know, the upside of always traveling, always being on the plane and, you know, seeing other people, other cultures, learning other languages was super powerful. Um, at some point, I had to decide, okay, what, what is my major, what I need to study for four or five years, yeah. uh, and, and start, you know, something. And I decided to choose that passion when I was 16 years old. Uh, it was for chemistry. And I thought, mm. okay, right now I have passion for chemistry. I don't see any passion to be a pharmacist, um, but let's try. Five years, fulfill that passion, study all types of chemistry for five years. And let's see what's coming after that. And I always in my mind, that person that I met when I was nine years old, uh, I was in Saudi Arabia, and that guy was a diplomat uh, who was ambassador. And I, I saw the personality. And I didn't have any clue at that age. You know, nine years old, understood, you know, the least about the world. But seeing that guy, how he was talking, how this whole... Like he, he put his hands here and he started talking to me in a really nice, yeah. kind way. Cool. And I looked at him and I, I thought, wow, I want to be like that person. Yeah. 
I believe in many different ways that was implanted into my subconscious for several years. Then when I understood a bit more about the world, I decided, okay, I want to be a diplomat like that guy. Okay. And this is how uh, it's very challenging. You know, you are a pharmacist, you're just graduating, and then you're even going to your first job. And the, the question, you know, in the interview, your boss is asking you, okay, what you want to be when you grow up or like five years from now, where do you want to see yourself? I say, I want to be a diplomat. Like, it's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a clue, but also having a vision for your life. Also, it's always connected to the passion for traveling. I wanted to see myself traveling the world, staying in your own pharmacy or your own place. Uh, it's kind of a golden cage. You would stay there forever until the last day of your life. And I wanted to build that level of freedom where I could just travel and travel and travel and you know learn more about other people, represent my culture and my country and you know um, everything I grew up in. Now, that's the key there. What what you said is learning about other people in the world. To me, it's very important that we learn how people in the rest of the world live and work from day to day. Learn the cultures because, you know, when sometimes when people ask me, where you go next, I tell them, they say, why? And I just said, because I want to. And then, then I come back and tell them what it's really like and what the people are like and the cultures are like. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? No, I need to get better informed. Yes, exactly. You know, that that's exactly what is surprising to a lot of people, but that's a lot of it. Why we do what we do It's all the educational part of it. It's great to learn something new every day, isn't it? I think, yeah. Uh, and if I've seen it in other cases, people who never left their hometowns, uh, there's no way you grow, you learn a bit and you function and work in your own cultural context. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And I advise people even are starting their careers, wherever they are, try to find a working experience out of your, you know, your country, go out for a couple of years. Yeah. And it, it really multiplies on not only on the personal level, not only being able to, you know, it's a context called the concept called the culture, culture intelligence. Yeah. So you have a bit of culture intelligence. Very quickly, you can adapt to the new culture. Very quickly, can know the norms, the you know, but what you shouldn't do, what you should do, and also on a business side or a working level, if you can negotiate in a cold culture context, another culture, you're a winner. You know, yeah. If you don't know how to negotiate with another culture, like negotiating with you know a Chinese delegation or an American delegation or bringing British with Chinese and and you know handling or managing negotiation is really you know unless you understand a bit about this context yeah uh, it's really oh absolutely what's the uh i mean you've been to a lot of places you've stayed in in places for, for quite some time it begs the question though when are you going to settle down are you ever <laughs> going to settle down <laughs> and, and it must have cost you some yeah, I think I would have settled now. Where shall I live for the rest of my life? Does it, does it ever cross your mind from time to time, or your, your friends or family ask that question? It's a, it's a great question. Uh, I, I think my parents keep asking me this question indirectly in many different ways. Uh, but until now, I don't think I would be able to do so. If I stay for a couple of months in one place without traveling, I really feel bad. Like, even during the pandemic, uh, where everybody were, you know, staying at one place. I was just, you know, buying a ticket to a place where uh, there are less restrictions about, you know, travel, and I just go. 
like in the middle of 2020 or 2021, uh, I could um, I say, okay, I need to write my book. And I, I had my book uh, out last month. So I say, okay, maybe I just go for a couple of weeks somewhere by the sea in the Maldives or on Zanzibar and I just uh, write a couple of chapters and uh, relax a bit. Um, now I'm here in Italy for six months because I'm building my startup here. But if you ask me, okay, what's next? No, I want to <laughs> wanna keep traveling because it's uh, it's somehow part of me until now. Well, a couple of things about, about that. Yeah, I, I think we all need to have something to look forward to in our mindset. It's yes. traveling. Uh-huh. And it's easier for us because we've been traveling to get itchy feet, right? I got to get out of town. I, I got to find some way to go. Yeah, we could be guilty of that. It's all good at the end of the day. So you're not settling down anywhere soon, but but maybe you're too busy figuring out where to go next. I get it. So based on where you've been, aside from Egypt, where's your sort of favorite place? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, so it, it depends. If, if your favorite place um, for work or for business, it might be different um, favorite yeah, place exactly, to live. Yeah. Um, like I'm in Italy right now, and if you if you tell me, do you want to work here all your life? I would say a big no, of course, it's no. But if you ask me, do you want to enjoy life here, come here more time for you know leisure? I would say 100% because food is amazing. Italy is a very diverse and rich country where every single region has its own customs and cultures and food. Um, You know, you have a variety of beaches, whether the Adriatic side or the Mediterranean or the south or north. Uh, And I will definitely keep traveling in Italy. But for work, uh, where I see the other side, I see, for example, uh, the U.S. is still, you know, it's still the place if you want to lead the business if you want to create a trend an economic trend or if you want to scale yeah. your business or you know you still have that um there uh, also another region that i i really love a lot is southeast asia uh and southeast asia is one of the best regions in the world in terms of uh food affordability of living um one hour flight from singapore can get you everywhere you want in, in that region um, people are nice. Still, the diversity is there, um, and it's really amazing place to be back all the time. You know? you, what you've done is just name my favorite place on the planet. Uh, yeah, I used to live in Singapore myself, uh, 2007, oh, 2008. Yeah. But you, you're right; it's easy access to everywhere you'd love to go to in Southeast Asia. And Thailand's one of my favorite countries because it's exactly. very welcoming there, I should say, and super friendly really? people. So every time I go to Asia. I always want to pass through either, yeah, you know, in the chaotic Bangkok, something about it, or, or or Phuket. However, and I'll be there early next year as well, um, which cool. I'm looking forward to. It's just like almost like a second home, but it's it's, it's wonderful. And people, but that again, people say to me, "Why? What is it about Asia you like?" I said, "You you just got to go there." Exactly. On top of that, I've I tried to talk my son into change career. Why don't you just go and teach English overseas, like Asia? I th- and I've heard a few people do that. It's a fantastic thing. Just enjoy the experience, you know. Exactly, exactly. It's happening in China. It, it used to be the you know the main 
job for most a lot of foreigners coming to teach uh, language when China was booming the last you know yeah. 15 20 years a lot of room a lot of opportunities uh, to do so and still of course in a lot of other uh, Asian countries yeah no, yeah, yeah, I just love it over there. So, uh, if I'm on, a, I'm, I do lectures on cruise ships, and uh, I've got a gig that leaves out of uh, Hong Kong and goes down the coastline of Vietnam, Vietnam, and that's what I always thought about driving down that coastline of Vietnam. Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old geezer now, so I won't do that. But if I got a cruise, if I can get off these, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do this. But this is. Amazing experience because I did it. Uh, um, I was I was in the banking career, and and in, in my bank, um, we were investing in infrastructure in different countries from Asia to Latin America, um, and we did that three days drive in the south of Vietnam. So we started with Hanoi, went to Ho Chi Minh, and then from there, Ho Chi Minh, with three days traveling uh, yeah. south, further by the coast, inland. Uh, looking at different projects and different, uh, you know, pieces of land for our project. And it's super fascinating, you know, talking to local people, eating local food, because Vietnamese cuisine is really yep. great and, and delicious. And uh, getting to have, you know, conversation with local people is is really fascinating. And it's something I really enjoyed a lot. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. I'm not really looking forward to it. In fact, I had a guest on uh, this podcast probably a few months ago, and her job was, uh, she's not a diplomat, but she's encouraging tourism to Vietnam. And uh, wow. she has a company called What About Vietnam? So Kerry Newsome, so wow. check her out. Lovely lady, and she's sure. from Australia, sure. but uh, she spends a lot of her time in Vietnam. And the more I read about this place, I'm like, this is, I need to go back. I've been there a couple of times, but just to Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City and, um, you know, the chaotic places. But uh, yeah. it, it's all good. All right, Stafford, tell me about your book, Time to move on book what's that about well uh, time to move on um, is the product of learning the hard way um, about Aldous Smith that in the past I used to believe uh, it's 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 a conviction that you know you cannot change it uh, but then the changing careers and you know pivoting around uh, a few times living similar career lives if I would say Help me to bust those myths in many different ways. Yeah. Uh, I would just example. Uh, for example, the first myth in the book is the supreme specialist myth. And uh, mostly we grew up, you know, learning that the only way to succeed in your career is to stick to one specialization, spend all your life in it, you know, get promoted and enjoy all those benefits. Um, it could be one of the way, one of the definitions of success, but then the other one is being a career ship shifter, as I would, you know, as I would argue. Uh, a lot of data and research and stories about how can you excel as a career ship shifter. So, for example, that's one of the myths as well. Okay, cool. Did you self-publish this, by the way, or did you go through a literary? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. I have my publishing company it's called uh, Shapeshifter. <laughs> okay. Shapeshifter. And yeah, I self publish it on Amazon. It's also on Barnes and Noble and and other indie bookstores. I tell you what, what might be a good idea for you. Um, this is it's not easy, but it's worth doing. Is make an audio book of it. Yes, and because uh, I can hear your voice, and sometimes when you hear a person's voice, it's more convincing than reading it in text. And um, I did an audio book of. It, when I spent time in the Himalayas there, and actually it did is doing quite well. 
which even with my British accent, right? But it's 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 it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all right. So I was able to mix it myself, and it, it turned out quite well. But it's hard work. Obviously, you'll have editing to do. Exactly. But it's just a that just a thought there. But it sounds like you've got too much stuff to do right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you do have to sleep sometime, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So, Thanks. where are you off to? You're in Italy right now, but where are you going to next? Well, uh, it's for uh, for two reasons. I have to go back to Egypt for a couple of weeks, and I have to go back to the US for another couple of weeks. So, uh, spending the feast with my family because we have two feasts every year. One yeah. of them is the feast, and the other one is pilgrimage. Uh, and the pilgrimage is uh, in one month. I would love to, you know, see them for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, then going to the U.S. because I'm I'm going on many tours in the U.S. for my book. Uh, so uh, the way I'm I'm you know planning it is two states every tour. I would go to the main cities, talk in bookstores and a few of those book fairs around, and then. Yeah, raise the awareness around the, the those myths and talk more about them. <laughs> that well, yeah, excellent, excellent. I'm looking at, on the one of my screens here. I've got the, uh, your website, the Passion MBA, right? So, and, and the title pages. I haven't checked your website out in detail, but it's the title: Rebuild Your Career and Business Based on Your Passions, which yes. is a perfect statement, really. Think about really what you want to do in life and just do it. There's yeah. a way to get there, right? That's why exactly. So exactly. If, you, if you've got something in his head, think about you. You can get there, you know. And, I agree. And, I agree. And sometimes people question the idea of passion because they say, "Okay, my hobby maybe cannot be my my job or my career." Um, I would argue that yes, you need your passion, but also what's more important than passion is a blueprint for that passion. And if we just drive a bit of analog based on our travel, you know, driving your car or so for a long distance, let's imagine we are driving uh, a car together, you know, for thousands of miles. And I assume in that car, we need three essential elements. Uh, number one, enough gas for the journey. Number two, we need a GPS, you know, to help us to, you know, find our ways. Number three, we need to find a final address, right? Because you need to write down something, you know, somewhere you need to head to. Without enough gas, you'll run out of gas at some point. We'll yeah. stop somewhere in the middle. We'll not be able to go anywhere. And if you have enough gas but don't have a GPS, we'll get lost hundreds of times even in the middle. Hopefully you get there, but you don't know when you can get there, right? Yeah. And without having a final address or, or you know, a, a final destination, mm -hmm. there is no benefit of having a GPS. If we can apply this to our career or our life, enough gas means enough passion. Okay, but then what's more important than this is the blueprint. So you need to know your values, which are the GPS. Yeah. Without knowing your values, without fulfilling those values, you will get lost hundreds of times in the middle, like working in a career that doesn't satisfy me, doesn't make me happy or fulfilled. It means you're lost. And also having a final destination. like, And that final destination is an ideal lifestyle. I assume for people like us love traveling, we love just keep traveling all the time. You know, so if you helped to build a vision around that lifestyle, like, oh, I want to build everything around freedom and I want to keep traveling, financial freedom, time freedom, do the work, have an impact, but keep, you know, flying. Yeah. And if you are able to have those three elements around and uh, 
if, if for example, we, we think there are three circles intersecting somewhere in the middle, this is where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could, you've got to have a plan, basically. Um, a target. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. and blueprints, yeah. a plan. Yeah. Making sure which passions work, which values you need to satisfy, you know, and, and then yeah. build the plan for it. So I suppose if someone someone says to you, and I've said this to people, I don't want, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Really, they they got to think about that, right? And uh, then they can put it in place and, uh, and and get there. Excellent. Now, if someone wants to get hold of you, I mean, there's a passion MBA. But you've got your personal website, which I think I've got on the screen. It's just um, staffamr dot com, right? Which Yes, so thepassionmba.com. Uh, there is um, an ebook there. It's for free. Uh, it's called The 10 Top Mistakes to Avoid When Planning yeah. Your Career Transition. Uh, also, Mustafa Amar, you can find my, my book, Time to Move On. Uh, to reach me, uh, dreamcareer at thepassionmba.com. That's my email. Okay, that's the best way for anyone to, to reach out to you, interested in uh, listening to more of what you've got to offer, and especially read the book. I obviously... Uh, I haven't read it, but but at a time. But it, what what you've written about is all good for people to read to um, instill that sort of mind, mindset. Excellent, excellent. As I said, I'll go be in Cairo in um, a couple of months, and I, I promise you this: I'm not going to rent a car and drive around there. <laughs> I shouldn't. Uh, even as a native Egyptian, I don't do this mistake anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really, oh, really? Uh, it's really a hassle. Um, but then also, um, like, let me know if you need any support, any help. It's good to have uh, a local support, a local guidance while you're there. Uh, yeah. Even if I'm not there, can find the resources. Uh, my humble advice is if you want to go schedule a visit to the pyramids, go Friday morning or Saturday morning, like okay. very early in the morning. Uh, number one, because it's it's summertime, so it's super hot. So go as early as you can, you could. Uh, also, Friday and Saturday is not that um, chaotic, so it's you, you can easily get there in in a, a ten minutes or so, uh, rather than just spending longer time. You know, going yeah. and back. But, but saying that, it's going to be because we're going to be there in uh, July, so it's going to be hot. Right? Yes, yes, but it's a dry heat. It, yeah, it, it yeah, it will be hot. Uh, it's definitely a time that. I'm going back in, the, in that same time. So when I want to do something, I either I do it very early in the morning or, you know. So you would spend time only in Cairo, right? As, as, or would you go somewhere else? Well, yeah. The fact, well, once we've been to Cairo, we fly back to um, Amsterdam. And this is where the problem is because I, my, my wife's got, how many suitcases do you think I'm going to need? Which is, because we're getting on a cruise ship to go into the Norwegian fjords. Oh, okay. Oh, that's super cool. it? So we got go to Cairo, which where it's hot, then go up in the Norwegian fjords. But it's it's summer, but you know, yeah. whole different wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. So then right after exactly. that, the English countryside. So I'm just thinking, and I know she's thinking about how many suitcases she's going to need. You know, and uh, sorry, it's self inflicted injury as I point at myself. Yeah, I know, but surely Gary would need a lot. <laughs> so. Very easy, you know, summer stuff, you know, um, white, uh, colorful stuff is, is enough. Uh, spend a bit of time, you know, nighttime in Cairo is really super cool. Do the yeah. night cruise in Cairo. Yeah, uh, that would be super cool. Yeah, we're good. We don't get that till about uh, 
one o'clock in the morning. Um, so they're picking us up at the airport. So it's, it's, it's all fine. It should be a great experience anyway. Yes. Uh, excellent. Well, all right, Mustafa, thanks for coming and uh, on the Travel Addict uh, podcast today. <laughs> it's been wonderful, enlightening. And uh, I'll check out more of your website a bit later uh, today and uh, a bit more about what you do. But uh, I wish you all the best in the future. Safe travels. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of Italy, you. and uh, you know. And uh, if you go anywhere obscure in the future, just let me know. I'd be just interested to see, see if you go off to I'm looking forward to you know get to know more about your Cairo visit as well. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> right. Well, man, take care, and uh, yeah, stay in touch. All right, baby. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.